0: Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and yes, sir, boss, sir, I can talk, sir. I mean, that's all we do is talk.
1: Wow, Hendo. That sucked. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and that's, that's Jeffrey. Just like the first name, sepnut spelt the same. It's alright Oh, it's better than alright It's much better than yours It's. I think it's serviceable I think it's good for something I just thought of then
0: I mean, don't you do that for every single quip? No,
1: normally I think of it whilst watching the film There'll be some stupid quote that I'll go Ah, I can throw that in as an opener Sure, sure This one was like I mean, how long was I sitting here?
0: 10 seconds max Righto <laughs> <laughs> And today we're breaking down The Green Mile Green Mile, released in 1999, written and directed by Frank Darabont, based on the novel by Stephen King. Have you heard of this Stephen King novel before?
1: Yeah, I've read it. You
0: actually have read this.
1: What? You don't think I know how to read? You ignorant fuck! Wow, did you read the full novel or did you read the? That's six? a Shawshank quote. that you Did you, you read the there? six
0: different variations? Like the six?
1: There's not variations of it. It's the there's six, six parts that were released. Did you read them bit by bit? No, did you... I didn't read them. I mean, when was this released as a as a as a book? Oh, I don't know.
0: I'm not, I'm not doing a book review
1: here. I don't even know... Then stop talking about I don't even know when how old I was when I saw this film. Because it came out when I was 11. There's no way I saw it when I was 11. But I feel like I saw it when it came out.
0: Yeah, I probably would have seen this maybe early 2000s. Mm. Yeah, might have been on TV, maybe. Like it's premiere on TV. Premiere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like... I f- yeah, I was probably like thirteen maybe
0: when I saw it. I don't, I don't know. know. How long this would have been on like when it was on TV. Whoa. If it goes to three hours and nine minutes, this would've been like four and a half hours. Yeah, it would have been. Wow. It would've
1: started at eight thirty on channel nine. Would have finished at midnight. No, it wouldn't have. No, it would have finished like, 1 in the morning. Yeah, it would have finished at 1.
0: Jesus. Anyway, this is about the lives of guards on death row who are affected by one of their charges, a black man accused of child murder and rape, yet who has a mysterious gift. Ah, the gift. Yes. When was the last time you saw that film? Never seen it. Really? Yeah, I've probably seen about five seconds of it. Okay. A specific five seconds. No, 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 I I got it. I was
1: trying to spare your seediness for a second there.
0: Well, I took it off you for a change. Thank you. (laughs) All right, starring. It's got a... Kind of a good lineup here. Tom Hanks, David Morse, Bonnie Hunt, Michael Clark Duncan, James Cromwell. Forgot he was in this film.
1: Of course. I forgot Bonnie Hunt was in this film.
0: Michael Jeter, Graham Greene, Doug Hutchinson, Sam Rockwell, Barry Pepper. What about Jeffrey DeMann? That was the person I was putting up next, and it's Demand.
1: It's DeMann. Right. Have for you he, seen this guy? One, he is DeMann. He, he is DeMann. De, he's DeMann. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: he's not Demand. It's
1: <laughs> DeMann.
0: And we have Patricia Clarkson and Harry Dean Stanton as well.
1: Ah, also characters named Harry and Dean. Dean Stanton. Dean Stanton. Mm, Coincidence.
0: Yes, of course. All right, this has music by Thomas Newman, who has had 15 Academy Award nominations, no wins.
1: Any relation to Randy? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I am sure there's a chance. (laughs) There
0: is a good quality chance. I love it.
1: I love your confidence.
0: (laughs) All right, let's rattle off a couple of movies that he has actually done that he was nominated for Shawshank Redemption, 1994's Little Women, American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Finding Nemo. Wally, Skyfall, Bridge of Spies, and nineteen seventeen.
1: Bit of a Tom Hanks fan. <laughs> there's two movies in there with Tom Hanks.
0: <laughs>
1: you could say he's a Pixar fan as well from all that. For some reason, I thought he was in Bridge of Spies. He is in Bridge of Spies. What other movie did I hear that I Wrote thought Road to petition? Oh, and this. So it's three.
0: Yeah, all right. I didn't say that during this though, so I'm thinking there's only two on that list that I read. <laughs> I
1: was like, Hanks? Hanks? Yeah. Oh,
0: that's good. <laughs> All right, budget of $60 million, worldwide gross $286 million.
1: I remember this being talked about a lot.
0: This was, this was big.
1: It was. As big as Tom Hanks got in the movie Big. It's pretty yeah. big. Didn't think I was going there, did you? I mean, it's quite big.
0: <laughs> Four Academy Award nominations for the Green Mile that year. Didn't win any. It mm. lost Best Sound to The Matrix. It lost Best yep. Adapted Screenplay to The Cider House Rules. Ooh.
1: Hasn't aged well.
0: It lost Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Michael Clark Duncan, Mm. which he lost to Michael Caine in The Cider House Rules, and it lost Best Picture to American Beauty.
1: Okay. I could have seen this winning Best Picture.
0: This may have been, like, the runner-up contender.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cider House Rules. I've seen it. Don't remember it. Does that have
1: Toby Maguire in it? Yeah, I feel like it's one of those movies like The Gift where I've seen... Yeah, maybe five seconds of oh, it. I was one of those movies. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies. Mm,
0: okay, haven't seen those five seconds. I bet you have. Maybe you can send me a link. <laughs> All right, Dan, Let's get to a couple of bits of trivia here. Tom Hanks accepted the role as Paul Edgecombe as a favour to Frank Darabont after he was forced to turn down the role of Andy Dufresne in The Shawshank Redemption, which is in order to play Forrest Gump. No, no, no. Oh, you're going to you're going to combat the IMDb trivia here. I'm not saying
1: it's wrong. What I'm saying is, you don't owe someone a favour if you don't do a movie because you're doing another movie. That's just stupid. That doesn't make sense. It's like, hey, do you want to be in my movie?
0: No, I can't. I'm doing another movie. Oh, well, do you owe me, Mr. Hanks? I mean, he's probably coming on. You just won an Academy Award. You can't do my movie. You owe me a favour. He's like, yeah, you know what? I really want to do this, but I can't. So I owe you a favour for a new movie. No, this is stupid. I think it's perfectly acceptable. You don't know what it's like in the Hollywood business. (laughs) Oh, luckily. Lucky, yeah, very luckily. (laughs) Number two, just as Frank Darabont was getting started writing the screenplay, he found out that his cat had developed a tumour.
1: This is so stupid. Go on.
0: With the cat dying but not being in any pain, he decided to not have it put down. Instead, he cared for it at home while adapting The Green Mile, referring to it as his co-writer or co-pilot, as it spent a lot of time keeping him company at his desk. He said, It's the whole Green Mile death row experience. The writing of it was very much that. I had this creature I really cared about walking that mile. The cat passed away two months later, just about the same time that the script was finished. We are all what a heartwarming. What story. a load of
1: shit. We are all <laughs> walking the green mile, just a different pace. You know, like yeah, his cat was about to die. We're all going to die eventually. We're all we're all going in the same direction. That's such a blanket he statement. He
0: can't. Are you going to say that du- to anyone who has a, a you know a relative or someone they care about dying? Fucking get over it, all right? We're all gonna die.
1: No, it's a cat, and he's using it like to promote his film, like, oh, my cat helped me write this film because so it was, it was a, dying if it was human on death being? row. What if it was his dog? Same thing no, as a I don't
0: believe you think that for a second. What are you talking about? If that course. story was he had a dog who was dying, and that dog rose him made him. Rise what sort from of the top. dog was it? American Bulldog. <laughs> oh not. <nice. laughs> <laughs> wow. If that's the case. Yeah, I knew you'd change your mind. Seriously, it's bullshit, though. (laughs) I think it's a perfectly fine story. I
1: don't think he ever had a cat.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is harsh. I said it. You are a cold-hearted bastard.
1: (laughs) Why, if he didn't have a cat?
0: Who cares that his cat was dying? We all die. Get over it.
1: I mean, I'm not wrong, Hendo. (laughs) I didn't say we all die, get over it. You basically did. Think Mm -hmm. about it.
0: We'll see. Number three, Edouard Delacroix's botched execution scene Edouard Delacroix I'm calling him Del in this movie by the way okay I'm calling him Edouard Delacroix please please don't I
1: thought you were going to say please please do you know I would never say that because you know I would not be able to keep that going
0: Anyway, his botched execution scene was inspired by a real life execution of wrongfully accused murderer Jesse Taffero, And on May 4th, 1990, six inch flame shot out of his head during his electric chair execution. It was deduced a synthetic sponge was used rather than a sea sponge. you got to not get those sponges mixed up. So, is it fair to say that maybe he wasn't sponge worthy? I will pay that Seinfeld joke. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. <laughs> So the joke I was going to say fails in comparison to that, so I'm not going to say it.
1: I mean, I'm surprised you're just not silent every time we hit record then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice laugh. Well done. (laughs) All right, number four. In reality, Michael Clyde Duncan was a similar height to David Morse, and he was actually a couple of inches shorter than James Cromwell. And obviously they use a little bit of trick photography there, lots of different angles to make it look like he is a massive human being.
1: Like the Hobbits. I think that's a little different. Sorry, like Gandalf. That's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks enormous in this. They do a phenomenal job at making him look huge.
0: Yeah, I also read other things like they made his bed like even smaller, so he like towered yeah. over that. They the made leather, the chair. chair. They yep.
1: made old Sparky smaller. Yeah.
0: Just little bits and pieces like that. He it's looks great. he
1: looks enormous in He's this. He's huge. Film. His arms are enormous. I also apparently, read, apparently, I, I also read thing. I also read Hendo on my also read section of this uh podcast. I also read. They told him to stop working out so much because he was such a massive unit and there weren't (laughs) massive units back in 1935. That's exactly
0: how they said it to him. You're a massive unit. There were no such things as massive units back in the 30s. (laughs) You need to stop being a massive unit.
1: I bet there were such things as massive units. And I think it helps that he's a massive unit because it makes him stand out even more.
0: Yeah, but they told him to stop working out. Can you imagine what he was like before he stopped working out? I mean... He would have lost some gains for sure. I don't
1: think he would have lost some gains. I think
0: he would have lost a bit of gains.
1: I think this is how big he is and them saying don't work out wouldn't have changed much.
0: We can go look at uh, Armageddon and see how big he was there. Yeah,
1: it's big in it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did read that it was uh, Bruce Willis that told whoever it was, maybe Frank Darabont, to yeah. hire Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, Bruce Willis. Yeah, fuck
1: off, Bruce Willis. Jesus. All right? go save another Earth, you wanker.
0: Wow! <laughs> He's with you tonight. All right, number five. The reason Stephen King serialized The Green Mile was a deliberate response to fans who flipped to the end of his books, something his mum used to do. Publishing it in instalments meant that fans would have to wait for the last instalment to find out the ending, but apparently King had wrote each one with his own miniature climax, but he even admitted that he did not have a clue how the story would ultimately end.
1: Which blows my mind. As a uh, non writer at all, it blows my mind that a, you know, arguably the most successful writer of all time.
0: I mean, we. Shakespeare?
1: Just- oh, J.K. Rowling now. If we're talking financially, it's J.K. Rowling by a mile. Yeah, I mean, for sure. How do you measure success, what, what about notoriety? How do you... I mean, J.K. Rowling's pretty notorious at the moment. She's I got some hot takes on Twitter, Hendo.
0: I wouldn't say that. It'd be more about the actual the actual stories themselves. Shakespeare would be much more well-known. I mean, Shakespeare
1: writing. would be the most famous writer in the world, but like I would... Mark
0: Twain? Ernest Hemingway?
1: No, they're American writers.
0: What's that got to do with it?
1: Shakespeare is famous worldwide, whereas, I mean, I we mean, don't- You said
0: we American study... writers. I know who Hemingway and Twain are.
1: Have you ever studied their, their works in school? No, never studied yeah, Exactly. But you study Shakespeare.
0: Who did To Kill a Mockingbird? Uh, Harper Lee. Don't even know who that is.
1: That's the author of To, sure. to Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Harper Lee.
0: Ah, Harper Lee. Yes. Harper Lee.
1: No, it wasn't Happily. It was... Have you read that book? There's no Happily Ever After in there. No, there's... Harper Lee. Okay, cool. How do you not know that? I don't know that. You don't know how to read, do
0: you? Yeah, I'm just making all this shit up in front of me. (laughs) Is that even on? (laughs) All right, let's take a look at the history of the Green Mile. Hold on. You said before
1: he wrote it in installments because his mum used to flick to the end. Are you
0: saying his mum used to flick to the end of his books or just books in general? Just books in general. Like she would read Aga- Agatha Christie books.
1: I mean, there are Agatha Christie books where the killer is revealed on the last page. I remember one, I'm going to say it's Ten Little Indians. Gee, is that even what it's called now?
0: You're asking the wrong person.
1: You know what it used to be called, don't you? No. Really? You don't know this at all? I mean, it used to be called Ten Little Go on. N-Words. Oh. And they changed it to Indians. And now I'm wondering, is can you say Indians? Is that derogatory? I, I don't know. You've said it multiple times already. Anyway, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's cancelled by now. It could be. It could be this book, and I'm um, I've never read it. It was more Brother Shane's thing. but I'm pretty sure it's like written by the killer, and the killer is telling the story, and then at the end, it's like he signs off, ah, or she. No spoilers. <laughs> signs off on who it is, and it like counts
0: down. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but that's what his mum would do. Would read Agatha Christie books and then go, ah, just skip to the last page and find out who the killer was. Hmm kind of defeats the purpose of reading the book. I mean Stephen
1: Stephen King's not known as a, a mystery writer though. He's
0: not at all. He's a horror writer. It's not mystery like, ooh, who's the killer? But like you look at the book like The Shining. That is a big key thing that happens towards the end of the book.
1: Okay. I would nah no, I'd still say it's, I mean everything has key things that happen at the end of books Endo. Yeah,
0: fair enough. All right, let's take a look at the history of the Green Mile. Can we just go back for no, a second? I want
1: to do this history. Like JK Rowling <laughs> The most successful financially, right? Yeah. Is there anyone close? Probably not. No. Stephen not, King not, is not probably level, the next. Not on
0: her level, for would, sure. S- would
1: Stephen King be next? I guess. With all the with all the movies that got made from all his books, I'm thinking of all those. Problem is, you sort of feel like he's done it at the wrong time. Like if he was as big as he was in the J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm, yeah, but I feel Isn't like he dead. Yeah, I mean, long dead. Yeah, I feel like he didn't. The estate see. of JR. Yeah, the estate is definitely his done great, well. Great,
0: great grandchildren alive. <laughs> money, 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 money.
1: <laughs> <gasps> uh, Mister Potato Head.
0: All right, right, can we get to this history? Wow, so aggressive tonight, Hendo. What's with you tonight? Oh, it's, it's seeping onto me from you. Nice. <laughs>
1: You're a lucky man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, this film debuted onto the list on the 30th of December in 1999, 20 days after it was released at the cinemas. Oh, is that where it was released? Yeah. Thanks, Ender. Not home video. Wasn't on Netflix? Debuted at number 29. It has not moved. (laughs) You would think that looking at where it is right now, but it actually dropped down to about 140 uh, in about mid-2005. Wow. But then since then, mm. it has just gone gradually back up for the last 16 years. I see. It sits now at its highest ranking, which it hit on the 21st of, 21st of January this year. Wow. At number 27.
1: Outrageous.
0: 8.5 over 1.15 million votes.
1: That is so stupidly high.
0: Uh, 27, man. I was shocked when I looked at it on IMDb I I'm like, but. 27?
1: I had no idea. It's not even like a, one of those old films that's revered. This is like a semi-modern film that's really
0: good, mm. but 27 of all time is ludicrous. This could be good for maybe potential quiz question uh, later on down the track, but- Quiz me. Do you think- f- No, no, this is like an actual- like, It's yep. not a quiz question. No, quiz general- me on my opinion. I bet I'll get do it you right. think- do you think Frank Darabont is like the only one who has like two films in the top 50 that aren't like connected to each other? Like Jackson would have all the Lord of the Rings films and all that sort of shit. Do you think... No, would Ta- has Tarantino got two in the top 250? Oh, in the top 50, sorry? I don't think so. Fincher?
1: Oh, Inglorious Bastards might be up there, actually. I, think that's,
0: I don't think that's top 50. I think it's top 100.
1: Is that his number two film?
0: Yes, maybe Reservoir Dogs is around that 70 area.
1: Yeah. What did you say? Fincher. Fincher oh, 7? and Fight Club. 7 and Fight
0: Club. Club. Yeah, there you go. That answered my question. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's a good trivia question. I'm going to ask someone it. It's going it. to blow their mind. I could
0: ask you that in about four weeks and you would not know <laughs> the you answer. You're going to say four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but this is a patron requested review and it comes to us from Chris Beardsall. Absolute legend, Chris Beardsall. Top bloke. The actually, finest. He actually said that he got his wife to uh, pick this one, as his wife got into the podcast. So, thank you very much for that. Thanks, Chris's wife. Yeah. Sounds like a neat lady. A top broad. Sure, Uh, sure. All right, Dean, we are about to talk about a three-hour-plus movie. Let's see if it's going to be a three-hour breakdown. Spoiler alert. It's not going to be.
1: No. All right, let's get into it, mate. So, he dies at the end. Final thoughts, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so it opens with a field. Your turn.
0: And then we cut to old Tom Hanks going for a walk. I mean... (sighs) We see the Shawshank guy,
1: William Sadler. Yeah. I mean, it's a Darabont prison film. Should you really be opening on one of the main actors that was in Shawshank?
0: It's like a sequel or a prequel. I mean, Shawshank was only
1: like five years prior. Mm. Like, I don't feel like these movies are close, but they're incredibly
0: close together. I mean, he did such a great job with Shawshank. Why not go back to that? Well, like, hey, why don't I just make another prison film?
1: Yeah, I read that uh, Stephen King said this was the perfect and best adaptation of his work.
0: Another Stephen King adaptation? Yes. Wow. Darabon. Maybe. What do you mean, side wow?
1: Side. We just had a conversation about Stephen King.
0: Yeah, but I never thought about Shawshank as his film. Or his is his book, sorry. Oh really? Or his novella. That's right. What is it called? Shawshank Redemption. No. The Redemption of Shawshank?
1: No. Do you not know what the book that Shawshank Redemption was based off how is? How to called? get redemption
0: at Shawshank? Wow.
1: I'd never realized how little trivia you actually know before the research. About
0: yeah. books. I know fuck all about books.
1: It's called it's Rita- all about Stephen King, by the it's way. It's called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption.
0: So I got a lot of the words right.
1: Is that not one of the worst titles ever for a book? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you'd be sitting there if you're Stephen King and you've got Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, and you go, maybe I should just call it the Shawshank Redemption.
0: Well, they had an idea. To, hey, Stephen, look, we want to do this, but we got to get rid of Rita Hayworth. <laughs> no,
1: <Nah, laughs> I forbid it.
0: <laughs> Here's
1: your check, Mr. King. I'll allow it.
0: Did you remember what he was looking at in the shed? Because I didn't. Oh, no, I didn't either. Yeah. Let's talk about
1: uh, history with this. I think I've seen it two times.
0: I may have seen it two times. Maybe one? Maybe one. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, oh, I- hang on, but, no, but this feels like a movie, because I remembered a lot of stuff in this film. Yep. Key scenes. So maybe this has to be at least two times I've seen this. Especially if you're saying that you saw it in like the year 2000. Yeah. You must have gone back to that well. It definitely wasn't more than two times, though.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it two times. Yeah. Uh, One,
0: maybe. Two, sounds possible. Three, outrageous. No, no, no chance.
1: Okay, calm down. Now you've seen it three times. It's not that insane. Uh, yeah, no, I, I forgot the mouse was in there. Yeah. In fact, I forgot it even teased the what's he looking at.
0: Because <laughs> three hours went by and it cuts back to old Tommy. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that's right.
1: <laughs> I must say, uh, I did think as he was walking through this field- a green field, maybe this is him walking his green mile.
0: But everyone's walking their green mile all the time, Dean. You're not wrong. But I thought in particular this was greener than most. Well, maybe it's like a afterlife kind of thing because you do know that the grass is always greener on the other side. Do you think the grass is always greener on the other side? I mean, I've been told by multiple musical sources that the grass is always greener on the other side. Name one of them. The grass is always greener on the other side.
1: The correct answer was Pink Floyd. They the song? sang,
0: the grass is always green on the side.
1: The song is High Hopes. He's,
0: the grass is green. He's got high, high hopes. <laughs> that one?
1: Wow. This has gone off the rails.
0: <laughs> While we're in the middle of singing, why don't we sing to uh, heaven? I'm, I'm in heaven. heaven. And I hold... Oh, <laughs> oh, I love that song.
1: <laughs> uh, from what movie, Hendo? Top Hat. Top Hat, which came out in what year? I think it was 32. Try again. What year, Hendo? It was before 35. Gee, you're wrong again. Came out in 1935, okay? And yeah, you said they, 32 yeah. because the book's in yeah. set in 32, but Darabont changed it to be set in 35 just so he
0: could use this footage. Works well. And by the way, when it comes back up later, I'd already forgot that it was at the start of this film. <laughs> Like, that's why here that's what triggered him to leave. Like, ah, it all comes full circle.
1: So, Fred Astaire is in this yes. top hat. What do you know Fred Astaire from? I'll phrase it another way.
0: Is he in Singing in the Rain? He's not in Singing in the Rain. That's Gene Kelly.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's other people in Singing in the Rain. Nah,
0: he'd be in a bunch of those. 30s, melody-style movies. Because I know the name really well. Yeah. And I looked it up and I was like, no, he's not in Singing in the Right. <laughs> There'd be a lot of, like, dancing scenes that I would have seen, like, yeah, that's the that's the Fred Astaire.
1: Yeah. And i he's, probably probably
0: him from this song.
1: He's talking to Ali here. Did you get any uh, vibes of another film? Are you thinking Notebook? I can't
0: believe you got that.
1: <laughs>
0: I just felt like you were thinking of Notebook.
1: I mean, it's similar where you've got Old people rehashing the past, and one of them's name is Ali. Mind blown. I mean, I'm glad that you picked up on it.
0: No, I didn't pick up on it. I only read your face like you probably be talking about Noble. This This is his notebook face. (laughs) As opposed to his no face. (laughs) I was going to go O face. You looked
1: so disappointed in yourself then. you like, <laughs> no, Oh God damn it! I can't believe
0: I said that <laughs> shit. Fuck out of this. <laughs> All right, let's flash back to.
1: No, no, no. Before we flash oh, back, wow. this is we- going
0: to be a three-hour breakdown.
1: Before we flash back, we need to we need to discuss the way he segues into it. Now he says, "1935, I had the worst urinary infection in my life." <laughs> now I'm sorry, I've never had a urinary infection. I'm not sure if you have. Surely, if you have one, it's you don't rank them on like best to worst urinary infections. And he talks
0: like he's had multiple urinary infections. That's what I
1: mean. <laughs> Sounds like he's had 30 in his life. And he's like, now this one ooh, it was the worst of my life. I'm just like, wait, what?
0: I, I tell you, I, I thought my urinary infection of of the 32 of 1932 was bad. But when we got to 1935 and I got my next one, oh boy.
1: I thought you were going like a personal story. Like I tell you, I thought and I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> All right. We're good for 1935 now. We set up by Tom Hanks' can't piss. So, yeah, he's got a urinary infection. Yeah. What'd you make of his can't piss face? I mean, I don't know because I haven't had a urinary infection before. So I don't know what it's like to piss razors apparently. What did you make of it? I don't know. It looked like he was just trying to force out a poo. Yeah, like it's it wasn't great. It was
1: kind of off-putting, <laughs> and it gets worse as the movie goes along. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's an odd way to open this this thirties part, but a good way to open it is seeing this. What are you doing?
0: Like, I've lost control. <laughs> Why? Oh, I just pictured Tom Hanks trying to force out a poo.
1: I mean, it's not a stretch of the imagination, is
0: it? <gasps> oh well, okay.
1: A good way to introduce it is seeing the, the truck here. And they're all saying, oh, I think it's busted. It's axle, yeah. The spring's gone. And then you see the truck just come back to a normal level. Yeah, it's good. And he comes out. He's enormous. I love it. He's a big man.
0: Big man, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> okay. Did you write that in your notes? <laughs> no, I
0: didn't. <gasps> you had David Morse in this film.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is like the ultimate 90s cast. you got Barry Pepper, Harry Dean Stanton- uh, David Morse, like all these people that were here,
0: and what happened to them? I feel like David Morse really peaked in late '90s and then just disappeared. What else was he? Is he? He's in the Rock, like the second tier. To is Ed he Harris.
1: Arlington Road? Could be. Nice. No, Tim Robbins and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, right. I think is he in it? David
0: Morse. Oh, wasn't is he really Disturbia? Disturbia. Yeah, that's it. That's right.
1: That's what I'm thinking of.
0: That's probably his last role. I actually think he went off and did a TV show. That's what they do. Like Gary Sinise, who's also in this film. Yeah. This might have been his last movie role too.
1: Who also starred with Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. Did you look up your And Apollo 13.
0: And scroll right down to the bottom. (laughs) Not at all. Right, here's a little flashback for you, mate. Yep. Give me David Morse's known for top four films. Green Mile. Yeah, there's one. Disturbia. No. No idea. You're not even going to say the one I said? The Rock. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The Hurt Locker? Don't remember it. Contact? I haven't seen it, I don't think.
0: 12 Monkeys.
1: Oh, that's what I know him from. That's the one? He's the bad guy in 12 Monkeys. Ah, He's the go. actual bad guy. Yeah, that's what I know him most See, from.
0: I think I've seen 12 Monkeys.
1: I can't remember anything about the movie. Oh, you've got to watch 12 Monkeys again then. It's so good.
0: Really can't remember anything about it. Brad Pitt, really good isn't it? Yeah, I know. Bruce Willis. Top, really? Top guy. <sighs> I think I've established he's not a top guy from yours, from you. I mean, everyone hates him. I mean, hate's a strong word. He's just trying to make a living, all right? He's not, though. He's made his living.
1: <laughs> now he's just been a dick for no reason. I mean, Speaking it... of being dicks for no reason, dead man. We got a dead man walking here. This guy. A dead man.
0: Yeah. Doug Hutchinson or Hutchison. One of the two.
1: Now, he married when he was 51.
0: Married uh, a 16-year-old, didn't he?
1: Married a 16-year-old Hendo. Courtney
0: Stodden, I believe <laughs> that name is.
1: <laughs> now, you had no idea about this before, we, about? before we started recording. It
0: sounds like you didn't know.
1: Married a 16-year-old, Courtney Stodden. There is something wrong with this man.
0: Is this one of the reasons why he didn't go on to do anything in particular after this?
1: I mean, I don't think it helped. He was in the Sultan Sea.
0: Yes, I do slightly remember talking about him in that, where we said that he was the guy from the Green Mile. But other than that, I can't pinpoint any other movie he was in. Yeah, I'm not sure. But he is a snivelling little shit in this film. He's and so good in this. So good. He is so good in this. Yeah. I think it's good visualization here when you've got Tom Hanks reading the transcript from the court. And it's replaying what he's thinking in his head. Of to, as on to... the bleachers, wasn't it? Oh, where Tom Hanks is sitting. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking, where's the bleachers in the- you
1: like, Tom Hanks is reading, and I was like, yeah, he's on the bleachers. And you're just like, you blank out. Like You looked at me like, are you trying to be funny here? I'm like, no, he's, he's sitting on these- No, I'm
0: these... thinking, where's the bleachers in the, the crime scene part of this? Obviously, there's not bleachers in the field. That's Obviously. what I'm wondering, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: No, nah, James Cromwell's there, though. How good's that? Is he the warden? I've referred to him as warden but I'm pretty sure at one point James Cromwell says warden talking about someone else and I was
0: like well I'm yeah, not- what is what is the go with this prison like this is just like it's E cell block yeah it's a part yeah so he would maybe he's the 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 bloke in charge of this part I think he's
1: he's the boss he's he's Hanks's boss yeah. whatever whether there's a warden above Cromwell James Cromwell is Hanks's boss yeah fair enough Cromwell's so good
0: I I always expect Cromwell to just turn bad in babe yeah when he Serves up bacon
1: That'll do pig
0: What a line Setting up that his wife is sick Gotta get that in now This movie has a lot of Sub-stories And extra bits and pieces That they really I don't say I wouldn't say cram Into this three hour film But there's a lot going on In this film That extends it to three hours Uh, Is there? I don't think there's That much going on There's the story of Coffee And the Green Mile Yep And then multiple different Stories that segue off For you know Little vignettes of this movie
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean there's side plots. I, I don't think there's that many. You've
0: you've really gone past John Coffey's first scene though. We were talking about Tom Hanks on the bleachers apparently. You mentioned James Cromwell and I just happened to mention that he mentioned that his wife was <laughs> sick. I mean, this intro
1: to to John Coffey, like there's some good stuff here. Like he starts he, I we was, get the- I's scared of the dark. <laughs> yes, the bass. That the drink. not nah, spelled the same. Just, just my name, boss. It's like, can can you spell? Just just my name, boss. J-O. And then oh, Hanks, that's enough. Hanks just cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, Hanks. <laughs> but, 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 So, you get the scared of the dark thing, which is paid off wonderfully. Oh, yeah. Like, that, is, that is such a good payoff at the end there. But, like, you see this guy. He's huge. He's on death row, so Obviously, he's been convicted for something pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, like, he's so gentle. He actually came across. I've written cute. He looks cute to me. It's, wow. And it's amazing. Like, this guy is huge. And he's just like, it's just this little boy inside, you know? Like, he's so innocent and pure. And I think Michael Clark Duncan, being able to convey that despite his physical
0: appearance, oh, I was so gonna good. Say, it's all in the performance of Michael Clark Duncan. It's so good. And he is so good in this film.
2: I couldn't hit it, boss. I tried to take it back, but it was too
1: late. I love it because, like, in hindsight, you obviously know what he's talking about here. Like, he's yeah. trying to heal these two girls and he just couldn't. And he feels bad. Like, he feels so sad that he couldn't do it. He feels guilt. Yeah. And people are seeing this guilt that he is feeling and interpreting as, you know, guilt for killing the girls. Exactly. It's so good. I sort of want to watch this again or have someone watch it for the first time because I want to know... If anyone actually thinks, or at what point people are like, okay, there's no way he killed these girls. He's wrongfully
0: convicted. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be during maybe the like second or third time he actually talks with Tom Hanks, just the way he acts. It would have to be. Or well, maybe it might be the point where he's talking to Gary Sinise how he doesn't believe it. It's like there was no, there's no way they'd do this plot twist. He actually did it.
1: No, because Hanks already is going there, not thinking he did it. Yeah. So we've point. already seen something that Hanks has seen that says, "Gee, maybe he didn't do it." So it's not that point. It's got to be yeah. before. But there, yeah, then, then as he's on the bleachers, as you so adequately put it. We do see that. we do see Sadler running over, which I thought this was very strange. It's 1930s. It's in the South. Sadler has a gun, and this African American man is holding his two dead daughters. Like, do you put the gun down and punch him a couple of times? I don't know, because I would argue there would be absolutely zero ramifications if Sadler
0: kills him right then and there. Zero. Yeah, and surely someone else would have just done it. They all have guns, yeah. but he's so sad. Boy, you're under arrest for moiter. Yeah,
1: like, cash as anything. Yeah.
0: Huh. But if he did that, we wouldn't have a movie.
1: Yep. But it's here where we set up Percy's motivation in the film from... We'll go the warden. The warden says he received this angry call, saying that they were mean to him, etc., etc. That's fine, because he's the... What is it? He's the governor's- Governor's the, nephew, isn't it? No, the governor's wife's nephew, which I thought was a very odd way of putting it. Surely you'd just go, governor's nephew.
0: No, it puts him one step away again from the governor. So he's not even that powerful. He's, he just uses that threat, like, I've got people, I've got connections. Like, you really don't, though. But he's got connections enough
1: that Cromwell believes it. And even Hank says at one point, like, you can have us all fired. Like he has he has a powerful connection. I don't think it is like you know in his head or you know he's he's building it up. I think I think it's there.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: But as I was saying, we get the motivations for Percy here. He wants to see one cook up close as he puts it.
0: I mean, there's just alarm bells already. Should be.
1: But we do we are introduced to Jan, Tom Hanks's wife, Bonnie Hunt, who you know obviously from Jumanji. Jumanji. I didn't recognize. I had to look that up. She looks very different. She actually said she put on 15 pounds. I
0: feel like there's one other movie I know her from as well. Is it The Hunt? Mm-hmm. Bonnie and Clyde? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I looked it up. It was Jerry Maguire. She plays Renee Zellweger's sister. Yeah,
1: I think I saw that once. So.
0: Oh, really? I watched it last year. Again, yes- yesterday. You watched last- it last year? <laughs> yes. How was it? <laughs> I watched it last year. How was it? Ah, it's, 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 it's enjoyable. Did you see the money? Well, he had to show it to me first.
1: So you did see it? I did see it. It was glorious. I hope you didn't just ruin my rewatch.
0: Well, maybe you won't see the money.
1: Okay. So we're introduced to Mr. Jangles here, who I actually thought was called Mr. Bojangles. But it's just Jangles. There's no Bo
0: there. Is it Mr. Jingles, but their accent says Jangles? Oh, wow. Is it? I don't know. I just wrote Jangles because that's all they say. But I feel like it could be Mr. Jingles. And like, he's Mr. Jangles. Maybe if he had a,
1: a bell, like a little bell on his collar. Well, maybe this
0: random street rodent rocks up with a no, bell on its
1: collar. Maybe when he got to- doesn't even have a collar. Maybe when he gets to Circus, they put a little collar on him, put a little bell on him, and then he's Mr. Jingles. He's upgraded from Jangles. Jangles. Maybe. All right. Bear with me. What if not only do they have a collar with a bell, they also have a collar with a bell with a bow tie- Mr. Bojingles.
0: Mr. Bowtie Jingles.
1: No, no. That's no. You got to lose the tie. It's not clean. Bojingles, mister.
0: I've always heard that it's good to keep the tie. You lose the tie, it loses the cleanness.
1: That's Jingles. Bojingles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the tie <is> silent. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, I don't know about you and how you'd react to having a a a mouse, a rodent in your workplace. These guys, I think it's pretty funny.
0: Oh, it's the 30s. They need some entertainment there. Are
1: you saying the cleaning standards of a prison in the 30s wasn't up to, <laughs> up to code? <laughs> firstly, maybe not firstly, there's never just one mouse. If you have a mouse that you see, there are many
0: mice. But Mr... I was going to call him Bojangles. <laughs> Mr. Jangles is special. He's a special mouse. Hmm. He's a lonely mouse. I guess he is
1: special even before coffee coffees him.
0: Is that what we're calling it? He coffees them. I mean, what
1: else is there to call it?
0: He coffees them.
1: <laughs> uh sure, Hendo. Good one.
0: <laughs> look at you giving the buddy fucking gym look.
1: Were you impressed at how much they were able to store in this restraint room?
0: They're, they pull out a lot of stuff. It's a of lot. This room. They
1: like fill the green mile. I was going to say hallway, but green mile is more That's appropriate. Better. I uh, love
0: that reveal, though, that
1: the restraining room is just
0: a storage room, like because I haven't had to use it in so long.
1: Mm. I mean, everyone's just so mellow on the Green Mile. It's like full of the worst of the worst, apparently, but they're all... I like when Hank says they treat it like um, like intensive care ward, yeah. like these people, they're about to die. Yeah, you just want to keep
0: them calm. BJ, yeah, yeah, keep them Yeah, that's all calm. they're there for.
1: Someone who has a very similar reaction to how I would behave if I saw a mouse is Percy. Really, you'd be
0: like that? I want to cut off its diseased head. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's a, that's a reasonable reaction. Get rid of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of it, but I wouldn't be freaking out and you know trying to step on it and cutting up.
1: I could not step on a mouse.
0: Really? I think I have. Wow. Like, like reaction. It like going past. My mom, ah, just like put your foot on it.
1: You monster. Well, what would you do? Cut off its disease-ridden head. No, just poison it and hope it slowly dies in the walls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just hope it internally bleeds and. Dies an excruciatingly painful death.
1: Go out and buy twenty five mouse traps and on, hope while that you're, while
0: you're on the wall, hey rat, you're fucking dead. You
1: buy a, buy an obscene amount of mouse traps and then hope when you're sitting on your couch watching something, <laughs> you, <laughs> you hear the snaps. you like, yeah, no, yeah. Then one of the kids are like, oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, this film, as we've mentioned, is very long. There are scenes that are exceptionally long.
0: Are you talking about the uh, the rehearsal for the execution? This rehearsal is way too long.
1: I understand its purpose. Its purpose. The whole purpose of this five minute thing is telling the audience how important wetting the sponge
0: is. It just goes so long. though. Would it have been better for you if they busted out in a song? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the execution rehearsal. Boom. boom the execution rehearsal. You're into it already. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Wet the sponge. It's not number one. (laughs) I'm just saying that's one of them. (laughs) Um, I mean, for Percy, it's none of them. uh, Like,
1: we see the execution of the Native American guy. Graham Greene. Why couldn't that be the bit where Percy's learning and you get the guy who pulls the actual lever saying... Yo, know, it's got to be wet so that it works, basically.
0: Well, that's not when he does it. I'm getting my execution my execution. No, 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 that no. That up. was a successful execution. Ah. What do you think? I don't care. This three-hour movie didn't feel like three hours for me. This was like heat. This breezed through for me. Hmm. So I have no problem with it. A little long. Sounds like you do have a problem. It's a little long. Get him, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a little long. And what is Harry Dean Stanton's job here? He's not a guard. He's the janitor. It's the janitor. Hmm. Do you think they paid him extra for this? Is humiliation as the actor? No, <laughs> the janitor. No, he's having fun. Walking the mile, walking the mile, mar- walking the green mile. Your Papa
0: Tom Hanks here. He's really uh, stern in his ways. Papa Tom yeah, Hanks. He, he's in charge here.
1: One thing I was surprised at is how young Tom Hanks looks in this film. I would not have thought that at the time, obviously, but now that you see Hanks now, he's old now. He is old now. Hmm. He's really young in this two years after like, Saving Brother like, Ryan. But he's
0: not like young Tom Hanks. Oh, no, he's not big. Or Philadelphia, for that matter. Okay. He looks young there. I think his turn is when he hits Forrest Gump. One year after yeah, Philadelphia. I'm telling you. You look at the difference between Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, he looks a lot older. So, Graham Greene mm-hmm.
1: doesn't get much screen time. No. It's fair to say. I do really like this bit here where you've got this killer, supposedly. we never really, It's never said in the film, but no. it does say it in the books. You've got this killer, and he's talking about... His best moment in his life. The best time of his life. Had
2: me a young wife when I was 18. Spent her first summer in the mountains. Made love every night. And she'd lie there after. Bare-breasted in the firelight. And we'd talk sometimes till the sun come up.
0: That was my best time.
1: I thought it was really beautiful. You know what it reminded me of? The End of Love, actually.
0: You remember that film? Not that part.
1: It's like the last voiceover lines of it. It's all about like, you know, when there's panic and, you know, if the world was going to end, you wouldn't get people calling their enemies saying, I hate you. You'd get everyone just sharing love. And it's love, actually, that is prevalent.
0: Ah, that's where they got the name of the title from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I should include it the way they sort of did in the film, so you got it, because yeah, I could see you. you were struggling there. Yeah,
0: I had no idea what you were talking about. I sort of uh, drifted off there. Did you like this? Yeah, it was nice. You need you need to have a bit of uh, depth to Mr. Graham Green here, otherwise he's just some random dude who gets executed. Basically, this is the setup for how an execution will go. Didn't
1: we just get that in the rehearsal, though?
0: No, because this is quite uh, this is quite powerful with the wait- really? waiting for the time to tick over, just the deep breaths and how it's it's matching with the, the, the tick of the clock. So, uh, I like the scene; it was good. Was well,
1: good, better than the rehearsal.
0: No, because I feel like the rehearsal. It's not better than the rehearsal. It is better than the rehearsal. Sorry, it's, it's just when you said no, I <laughs> thought you meant no. You're talking like the rehearsal is unnecessary and pointless. I disagree. Sets up the camaraderie with these blokes, having a joke, mucking around. We've we'll set that up like before. I said, yep. Papa Tom Hanks, putting him in line. He's, he's done that before. He yep. can't do this. Yep. He hasn't done this before.
1: He has, when he sent Percy away in like the first scene that
0: John Coffey arrived. No, he's setting it up with his other people. He's there as well, having a laugh, but then he realizes, snap out of it, we have a job to do. Mm. You can't be laughing on the day.
1: Because of the mouse, Mr. Bojangles. Was it? Yeah, because they say- I didn't realise a member of the audience had arrived early. And you get the mouse, like, doing its mouse thing.
0: Sure. Pretty sure they were all laughing to Harry Dean Stanton's antics.
1: Also the mouse. I think it's the antics. I think it's combination. 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 <laughs> <gasps> but we see David Morse, good guy, brutal. By the way, brutal.
0: Shocking name. At least go with Brutus. Is it? Yeah, it is a brutal name. It's right, I went there. I think Dean just lost a couple of years off his life.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, but Percy's still being a dick to this corpse. And David Morse, like, grabs him and is like, hey, he's paid what he's owed yeah. now. Like, be at peace. It's great. <laughs> then we get this confrontation with Hanks and Percy.
3: What's up
0: his ass? You. Always you, Percy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so good. It's like Percy has no idea, like, his image to these people.
1: Yeah, he's, he's not um self-aware. But here they they do come to their little agreement here where Hanks says, Percy needs to go, and Percy's like, yeah, I just want to do one out front, and then I'm gone, basically. Hmm. We'll come back to that.
0: We will come back to that.
1: Because they literally come to this agreement again in another scene, and it really annoyed me.
0: <laughs> okay, I can agree with that. Oh, you noticed it as
1: well? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Three hours, ten minutes, maybe edit a little bit Frank Darabont. Yeah. It won't kill you. You don't need to do the same deal with the same people in different scenes.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a big issue like you did.
1: I mean, hardly hardly
0: big. I mean, you're, you're getting quite uh, aggressive. Just calm down. It's a long movie, Hendo. It is 19 minutes longer than Heat. Heat is better than this. I don't disagree. We'll just go with that. Okay? Yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. So this isn't one of your top 10 films we've done so far. No. Okay, we've established no. that.
1: I do really like this film. It's not as good as It sounds as his like he's shit all over it. Not at all. You're just too positive on it.
0: I mean, how can I get so much positivity through when you're just so negative?
1: I do like here, we've got Edouard Delacroix Del. getting his mouse box. Oh, getting his mouse. They're doing tricks and stuff. And Percy comes along, he's being really nice. And if there's one thing more unsettling than Percy being a dick, it's Percy being nice. And it was really like, it was great. I loved it. And he offers to get a cigar box for Mr. Jangles. And Ed- Edouard Delacroix is just like giving him the cider. What game are you playing?
0: All right. Yeah.
1: I also noticed here like John Coffey says, you know, pops up. And he's like, oh, he's like a circus mouse. So. I don't know. I don't know the voice. um, But he-, he says he's like a circus mouse. And it occurred to me, we're an hour in. Coffey has been almost invisible, yeah. except for the first scene where he comes in. He's almost this not really in this popular, first oh
0: hour. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's right. He's here. Yeah. yeah. I was
1: like, this is the main drive of this film, and he's been invisible. Like, we're just setting up the world. That's right. Yeah.
0: It's good. Hanks has a, a bit of a problem trying to take a piss out in the lawn. Had outhouses back in the day. Imagine that. The only way you could take a piss out in the toilet is actually go outside in the freezing cold.
1: Okay. Hanks, by all accounts, is a man. Okay. Now, nice. he is struggling so hard to get to this outhouse. He's literally crawling on grass. Why does he not piss on the grass? I know he does, but it feels like if he, he just, doesn't- yeah, take it's... a
0: step out the front and piss off the, the yeah. patio. I once lived in a house
1: where I enjoyed- Actually, I've lived in multiple houses where I've done this. I've enjoyed pissing outside so much that I will permanently deaden a patch of grass.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I assume it's dead. It was
0: all yellow. <laughs> So, here's Sam Rockwell. This would be one of his earliest movies, wouldn't it?
1: First thing I saw him in.
0: First thing I saw him in that I remembered was Charlie's Angels.
1: Don't remember him in that.
0: He's the bad guy in Charlie's Angels. That Isn't might... that to me more? No, that's the second one. Nice. Yeah. That might be a spoiler for some people because he actually played off as the, the good guy for the first half of the movie. Sam Rockwell? Yeah. He looks up like Drew Barrymore. Is
1: that like in Iron Man 2? Oh,
0: he's always- You always think of him as the bad guy in Iron Man 2. Is he? Yes, he's does. That definitely... was a big
1: twist for me. What? Whatever. Better than the twist in Iron Man
0: 3. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get back to Green Mile. Fair to say the guards fuck up here. Oh, big time.
1: They just assume he's drugged because he's drooling, basically.
0: Yep. You would not make this mistake.
1: Percy's got a good line, though. When they have to dress him, they're like, Wow, child. Looks a little more like a limp noodle. What was he expecting?
0: Wouldn't you be more concerned if it wasn't a limp noodle? <laughs> well, doesn't he throw that back at him later <laughs> as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Percy's such a little bitch in this film. And I say that because when Sam Rockwell does take control, starts choking out Barry Pepper, where is Percy gone now? I mean, he's there. Sooking in the corner, doesn't want to get involved. Doesn't want to hit him. Got to get big old brutal Brutus to come on in and take things on. Take things on. Rockwell's funny, you. you're a big motherfucker, ain't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but everyone leaves-
0: Oh, that's right. Because Hanks get kicked, in, he gets kicked in the junk.
1: Yeah, he gets kicked in the junk. He sends everyone away, and he just collapses. Yeah, grabbing himself.
0: I love it. now. it's just it's just that shot, and it lingers. And you hear this,
2: boss. I need to see you down here. This is not a good time, John Coffey. Not a good time at all. But I need to see you, boss. I need to talk to you.
0: It was not a good time. <laughs> but even just the way that bit ends, where it's you know, Hanks is walking up to him, it's just like, you know, what do you want? And then bang, he just grabs it, like, holy shit. Mm. Like, it startles you if you didn't know that was about to happen.
1: Did you not know it was about no, to happen? I, I knew. Apparently, uh, Michael Clark Duncan was really nervous about grabbing Tom Hanks's junk. So I H-
0: scared of the junk.
1: <laughs> Hanks put uh like an empty water bottle down there. <laughs> Apparently and he got a-
0: the big water bottle and he got excited.
1: Well, maybe it was more like, hey, you're just like me sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he felt more at home. It was all the same. <laughs> what do you make of the, uh, the bees? I mean, they're not bees. I, they're
0: not Dust. bees. It's, yeah, it's like like dusty smoke cloud kind of thing. I mean, it's fine. It's not you, What did you expect it to be? Like a... A face. Of, Ooh. I sort of wondered, like, I forgot
1: that he gives the bad stuff to Percy. I was yeah, like, what I is the that- point of this? I did too. And then I was like, oh, he, he, we've got to see something physical coming out because we need it to physically yeah. go inside someone else. See, I remember that nice.
0: I remember that. Hold on. <laughs> I remember that Percy killed Rockwell.
1: See, I forgot that.
0: But I forgot when when Coffee heals the wife. And he wouldn't, like, he couldn't get it down, like, oh, this is how he gets, like, super sick. Mm. It took, I don't know when it took me during this watch to realise that he was going to infect Percy.
1: Now, it's at this point where I thought, surely no one still thinks he kills the girls when he says, I helped, I just took it back. Like at the start, he's like, "Oh, I tried to take it back." We've heard that yeah. twice now. We've seen it in the flashback with Sadler. I tried to take it back and I couldn't. And we've seen it when he told Hanks, "I tried to take it back and I couldn't." I think, and ha- now, I think you have to know now that it's now he heals him, like does this weird mystical yeah, it's stuff, all and it's like I took it back. I helped. Yeah, and it's like okay, that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, but we see Hanks tentatively going to the toilet here. Yeah. He pisses, and if you ever wondered what Hanks's O-face is, it's right here. You also it, get his voice later, too. It's not... Do you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because it's not just piss that's coming out of you. <laughs> he's really enjoying this.
0: Yeah, so much so that he heads home and hammers the wife. Four, Four times, times in one night. Wow, you hero.
1: That's a record.
0: So, Hanks goes to visit Gary Sinise, the who, lawyer.
1: Who, of course, is casually wearing a vest at home.
0: Yeah, because he's
1: a lawyer in the 30s. Surely you have a robe on or something. Like Hugh Hefner, that shit. Who wears a three piece suit at home? Maybe he just finished work at the office. Surely the first thing you do when you get home is take off a vest.
0: No, he's suave. He's sophisticated. So sit down and have his uh, lemonade. What'd you make of Sinise's uh, mongrel story? I mean, this is like. Is this the this is the impression in the 1930s that you would compare a black man to a dog?
1: Yeah, the stuff he's saying here is just like, I mean, they've got no real use, but you keep yeah. them around. It's like, oh Jesus, Gary, stop it! And then he parades his scarred up son around like mm. he's some freak.
0: It's like Jesus, <laughs> this guy sucks. Yeah, he's not good in the end. No, he starts off nice.
1: Yeah, he's just like. I mean, I think the point of this scene is to add tension to when they remove coffee from the prison. It's basically saying you can see or like really nice and stuff, but eventually you'll get bit.
0: Is anyone buying that? No. No, no they're not. Because Sinise is coming off as a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, I know, but surely, I mean, what else? what's the other purpose of this scene then? You feel like this film isn't too long. You must value every single minute of it. Like, you
0: feel like this is worthwhile? Yeah, it was a good scene. I what? really enjoyed the scene. What's good the purpose of it? it? The purpose of it is to show off his son's scars. Mm-hmm. All right. What else we
1: got? Ah, oh, Hanks. Good guy, Hanks. Give bring bring in his- cornbread? Bring in some cornbread. What's your missus, please? Several
0: times. <laughs>
1: Hank's is good. Good hey, delivery there.
0: There's good humor in this film as well, in, in you know, parts that really need it. Yeah. But you know, coffee gives Edouard Dalacroix
1: some. Mm-hmm. It's good. Rockwell wants some. But no, Billy the kid, he's not getting any.
0: I love the facial change of coffee. Like, hey, give me something. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't play well for an audio podcast, but you can no, imagine I what d- I'm doing. No, I don't think so. No. He looks at Hanks like, like your cornbread. Like, I think I just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, uh Sam Rockwell spits in Hank's face. Yeah, this is
0: the uh, the Rockwell section, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. All right, and then he pisses on demand. So how dare? Was it demand? You piss on demand. He's I mean, demand. I mean, he's not just demand, but he can piss on demand. <laughs> <laughs> he well can not. piss on demand on the man. And demand. now Tom
0: Hanks can do that too. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: cooking up some turds to go with them. <laughs> he's so, he's just a loose. Yeah, Rockwell's just he's, a loose unit. He's just having fun.
0: Yeah. They, you know, they pull out all the stuff for the restraining room, hose him down. I love how they the reveal the hose. He's just like, oh shit. <laughs> just before he gets mowed down.
1: I want like some cornbread,
0: you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the moon pie?
1: Where did he get a nickel? Up his ass. There's no way he had money in his cell.
0: Whatever. Who cares? It makes for a funny scene. Plot hole. <laughs> oh. So,
1: Rockwell hates the padded room. Yeah. Then immediately gets out, immediately spits in Brutal's face, and then immediately gets put back in. What did he think was going to happen?
0: He's a, like he said, he's a loose unit. He doesn't care. Look how happy he is when he spits all that shit in David Morse's face. Hmm. And fucking Brutal just standing there, staring at him, like, getting closer. What are you looking at? Like, what do you think he's going to do? His mouth is, like, opened up. Oh, man. It was so funny.
1: Yeah. You know what we need now, though? Another rehearsal.
0: We need to see Percy doing it. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So we Roll see Percy too. I really like this bit though because I love it. Sounds that- like
0: you hate it. No, no,
1: no. I don't. I like it a lot because Percy does a good job here and Percy gets the old pat on the back from Hanks and Morse. Yeah. It's like, well done. And then Percy is like really proud of himself. He is so just chuffed to bits. Yes. He's loving life right now. But why does he do what he does? Don't know.
0: Gives him a little scare, gives old Dell a little scare.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Don't know.
0: But it's what happens here that really changes it. When bloody good old Rockwell grabs him, starts playing around with him, Percy literally pisses his pants.
1: Yeah, and Edouard Dalacroix just makes fun of him.
0: Yeah. Bad move.
1: Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I was, I got a legitimate jump when Percy stomps on the mouse. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I remember this.
1: I was like, oh, he didn't. And I forgot the mouse came back I lot. forgot
0: that. I was like, oh, no, the mouse... Mouse is dead. Yeah, but then Coffee comes in. As soon as he says, "Give it to me," like, "Okay,
1: okay, here we go." When Coffee fills up Hanks's junk, right? The light bulb in his cell goes really bright. When Coffee fills up this mouse's junk, his little baby <laughs> mouse junk, the whole mouse lights up like it's a light bulb. Yeah, where's the light coming from?
0: Because I feel like he's actually is reviving life. In this one.
1: He was reviving Dick in the last one and that he didn't was, light you're up.
0: Right, he was reviving Dick. That did not light up.
1: Inconsistent.
0: Full star drop. There is no lit up dick in this movie. <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed. I know you are. All right, let's get to Dell's execution here. Let's do it. Coffee takes Mr. Bojangles. That's not who he takes. He takes Mr. Jangles.
1: Hmm. Okay. Percy's running it. Del-Edouard Delacroix says- (laughs) He nearly did it. (laughs) Because in my notes, I've stopped writing Edouard Delacroix. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of this shit. (laughs) And this Percy running Edouard Delacroix's execution is my-
3: Excellent!
0: All right. Tell me about it, Dean.
1: I just love- uh, Because I'm invested in Edouard Delacroix. Like, forget why he's there. He has only come across as a gentle and nice man. Mm -hmm. A simple man- who has simple, you know, simple pleasures in life with this mouse. And the fact that they were able to, that Hanks and Morse here were able to build him up, build him up to this really happy place in his mind where he's leaving this earth happy, right? And Percy goes up there and just shits all over it, ruins his dream. If
0: you didn't like Percy already, this just sends it over. Hits
1: him with, you know, a homophobic slur. Mm -hmm. It's- like, oh, Edouard Delacroix, what's, what's his name, Michael Jeter? Yeah. Just distraught here. Yeah. I thought it was phenomenal performances. And then you get this, this not wetting the sponge and the obvious not wetting the sponge. And then I love that you see Hanks and he starts to question it yeah, in his see, mind. Yeah, there's no He's talking. looking at the water, he's looking at the floorboards, he's looking at the sponge, and then it's like, oh, my God, roll on too and it's and like, no, you no. can't do anything about it. And this guy's like, going like crazy, screaming. Yeah. At one point, the warden, James Cromwell's like, what the hell are you doing? Turn it off. And he's like, we can't turn it off now. And it's funny because Hanks literally had that same thing where Hanks is like, all right, we need to turn it off. And Morse is like, no, we need to finish so this you can't, now.
0: Yeah, you can't. What are you, what's going to happen when you turn it off? Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Because he's not like Edouard Dallaclar dies here, but it's not from electricity. He dies like he's
0: burnt. Yeah. As a cause of death, fire. Yeah, that shot of him, like, with the flames coming out of his face and you see, like, the the skull of the jaw. It's like, whoa, this is messed up. And even, like, the people in the audience are like, oh, man, the smell is just horrific. And Percy's just, like, does he have remorse for this?
1: I think when he's trying to turn away and Hanks is like, no, you look at this, you look at what you've done, I think that is shown that Percy did not realise the extent of what would happen. But
0: he's still, the way he talks later, it's like...
1: Yeah, because he's tough after the fact, and we haven't even mentioned like while all this is going on, we've got John Coffey here who's enacting like as though it's him doing is he this as well. That pain? Yeah, with for Edouard and you
0: got Rockwell has gone crazy, and he like They're shoots him good.
1: <laughs> and he shoots a mouse out yeah. like Jangles goes so
0: apparently giving him the gift of life or some something that they talk about at the end. Yep. Yep.
1: But nah, fantastic scene.
0: Yeah, I agree. Was a possible excellent.
1: But well, I mean, you don't agree because mum wasn't excellent.
0: No, I agreed him. that you that it was a great scene. Mm, it is a great scene. So the next big key thing in this movie is Cromwell's wife getting fixed from her cancer. A tumor. A tumor. That's right. Nah, the tumor. I think we've established that it is a tumor.
1: I think it is a tumor. Yeah, because they they got an X-ray and it's a tumor.
0: That's right. Is that how you see tumors? I'm going to have to take the movie's word on this. Would tumour show up on a bone scan? Maybe it's a bone (laughs) tumour.
1: There is a chance. Sure, yeah, sure. There is a chance.
0: Uh, So they, you know. They break coffee out of the green mile by.
1: I mean, they drug Billy.
0: Yeah, they straight jacket Percy. I thought thought they were going to drug Percy. I
1: mean, wouldn't you?
0: Why not do both of them? No, but then he would be be sus on it. Yeah, 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 okay. Doing, the, doing it this way, putting him in the, the padded room for retribution for what he did to Dell. Uh that's the right way to go. So they get him out there, and Coffee, you no, know, he loves the stars, he loves the he sniffs the, the leaves as well.
1: he loves it. What they get life. they get to the warden's place and Warden, I love his line here. He's like
0: It isn't a lockdown, is it? All right? No. How? For God's sakes, just take your finger off the trigger. Are you hostages?
1: That's actually That's a really
0: good question He thinks the place is Under lockdown He
1: thinks like Coffee has gotten control And has John coffee (sighs) And he you know Makes the warden a cuckold I guess Wow He's he's doing some nice Little gentle kisses here To his wife I think it was well worth
0: it Wasn't it Uh, For her yeah (laughs) (laughs) I like this scene We haven't mentioned it But I think the score For this film Oh The score's Absolutely amazing The score's really really good Yeah This wasn't even nominated Yeah that's crazy yeah, so looking at that year's Academy Awards, the original score was won by the Red Violin, and nominations were American Beauty, Angela's Ashes, The Cider House Rules, and The Talented Mr. Ripley. Red Violin, hey? Never heard of it.
1: Me neither. Three Mile,
0: the score is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I thought Cromwell was
0: really good here. Yep. The way he breaks down. He doesn't realise that she's actually lost the tumour until she says... She, she, wasn't she even, said she, she doesn't remember. Yeah. She said, how she, was the x-ray? Yeah, and that's Hank when said- he, That's when he realized. And Hank says, yeah, there, there was no tumor. You're yeah, fine. That's when he realizes. Yeah. Yeah. But not nah, coffee doesn't cough up
1: the bad juju just yet.
0: No. So everything goes pear-shaped yet again here. They let Percy out, and you can tell that he's not going to keep silent about this. He's going to go and squeal. And they even mention it too. And just that look when he stands, he walks out of that room, and he just turns, and there's coffee just standing right there. It's like, bang! I'm like, oh shit. Like this is uh this is getting intense. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I bet that's not how he likes his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coffee gives him all the, the bad stuff. I read in, like, some notes, like, it gives him the tumour. I don't think that's the case. No. Because he doesn't act like uh, Patricia Clarkson acts. It just gives him the the negative energy.
0: I I thought at this point that he did give him the tumour, and that's how that was his result, that that was his uh, fate, Mm. I guess. But he basically just used it to control him, essentially, to kill Rockwell and then release all the bad juju and Mm. put him in a vegetative state. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yep. Uh, but we get here, <laughs> John Coffey showing Hanks what just really happened? how bad Billy That's the right, Kid is. That's right, because
0: Rockwell grabbed Coffee yeah. earlier and yeah. he realized what was going on.
1: Like in Unbreakable. It's his superpower.
0: That's right. This is Coffee's superpower. Mm. Do you think this is Coffee's superpower or is his superpower being able to heal people?
1: I mean, multiple. Yeah. Multiple.
0: Multiple powers. Mm.
1: It's like our Wolverine can self-heal like and also he has good smell.
0: When does the smell... Does it happen at any other point besides, like, the first 15 minutes of the first movie? Oh,
1: you remember that, the first <laughs> movie. You, you get a close-up of Hugh Jackman's nostrils go...
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Sabretooth shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, that's it. Lose his sense of smell, basically.
1: I think he does it later with uh, Mystique when he's trying to identify someone. That could be right. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Mm, back to the Green Mile. Yeah. Really, uh, he's really thinking about giving up everything to let Coffee go. But Coffee comes back at him saying, like, I'm... I'm, I'm good I'm ready to go like I'm, I'm kind of I'm like I'm sick of it like all the pain and the torture that I feel from all this stuff like it's my time to go
1: Hanks has a great little monologue here um, some great
2: great quotes here on the day of my judgement when I stand before God and he asks me why did I did I kill one of his true miracles what am I going to say that it was my job? It's my job.
0: Exactly. It's great. It is. It's really good. But gets him to watch Top Hat. Of course. I'm in heaven. And Michael Clark Duncan reaction to this is so good. Well, he's never seen a Flickr show. He loves it. Love the shot as well with the, the light behind The it. halo. Yeah, like an angel. Hmm. Yeah, because he's saying they're angels at the same shot where he himself is the angel. Ah, but it's time for Coffee to walk the mile.
1: Walking the green mile.
0: Had a nice little dream with uh, Mr. Jangles and the girls. There was no blood, and they're all at Jangles' circus having a good time. So innocent, old Coffee. He is. Yeah, he's fantastic. Hmm. And then we get to The Better Execution, which is my...
3: Excellent!
0: Gut-wrenching yeah. stuff. Not surprised. Just oh, so emotional. I saw that
1: this ranked number two on films like Tear Jerker films.
0: Okay. What was number one? At the End of the Notebook?
1: I'd rather not say because I don't think number one's a Tear Jerk film either. It was E.T.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you think of this as a Tear Jerker film? Not all the way through. I just don't relate to any of it. See, I thought for sure like this scene is going to break me in half. I didn't. No, I, I didn't it ever. It was never a feeling for it me. It wasn't even close for me. Nah, really not. Which is a shame. It because is a really, shame. It's really emotional. Like The music, Hanks, yep. uh, Clark Duncan, Something's David missing. Morse, Barry Pepper, they're yep. all... Yeah, Barry Pepper? Yeah, Barry Pepper had a nice little does he? crying face going on. Oh, he
1: does too. Yeah,
0: he's all over the joint. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get yourself together, man. <laughs>
0: And, like you said earlier, when Coffee's like, please,
2: both, don't put that thing up on my face. Don't put me in the dark. I'm afraid of the
0: dark. Oh, no. That's a good bit. Yeah. And Hank's going up to shake his hand. Oh. This whole scene is. It's so incredibly emotional. Even, even he's like, i sorry what I hell? Yeah, exactly. It's such a good scene. And when they roll on too, and it just has Hanks and the lights like blazing in the background and in front of him as well as he watches. Such a great scene. Mm. Such a great scene. It's good. I'm glad we don't see him die. No, you don't need to. But in case you forgot, Dean, Tom Hanks is old. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. really old. Yeah.
1: Apparently they were actually going to have Hanks in old man makeup, but they couldn't get it right.
0: Yeah. I didn't realise... How much longer this film had to go after this as well? Like I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they should be finished and soon. No, they dedicate a good what, ten minutes to this.
1: I mean, I feel like it should because if you're going to do it, you need a t- like a for a film this long, you probably yeah. need a ten minute intro,
0: ten minute outro. So and I feel like I feel like it does. It is necessary this outro. I mean, if you like you said, if you're going to have that bit at the start, you need to understand why. Because even I didn't even consider that. He was. He shouldn't be looking this old. He should. He shouldn't be still here. Hmm. Like if he's forty five or whatever in nineteen ninety five, and it's now nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably dead. Yeah, but yeah. Was it set up that it was nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, because I'm watching Jerry Springer on the TV.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Uh but no. I mean, old man Hanks. Old man Hanks. Old man Edgecombe. <laughs> no, uh, old man Hanks is fine. Old man Hanks he's one hundred and eight years old, and he's talking to Ali, and he's saying that. Everyone he knows has died. Yep. Basically, that's his curse. That's his punishment for letting, you know, coffee go and die. Yeah, For killing a miracle of God. But it occurred to me, there are real life non-people being punished for killing coffee who go through this. Like, this would not be that uncommon that someone outlives everyone in their circle. Like, that happens. Like, someone's got to outlive their family and friends and stuff. Like, I
0: don't know. It's sad.
1: Thing- I was sadder at this bit than the execution.
0: Well, because you're thinking uh, thinking about it from uh, like a, from like your perspective as well. Like this could very easily be me in the future. Like, <laughs> I could be the one the last person left. Exactly. I really like movies with old people who look back on their lives. Name another one. The Notebook. <laughs> We've mentioned The Notebook like eight times in this one.
1: Titanic, The Irishman, all great films. All films. It's true, but. Okay, it's one thing that this human man is 108. The fact that this mouse is still alive is just
0: ludicrous. Why, coffee gave him the power of life too.
1: I mean, by this rationale, old man Hanks will live till he's about 1,000.
0: What about Cromwell's wife? No, she dead. Oh. Yeah. Yep, that's it. He finally passes away because you see Jangles pass away. That's it. Yeah.
2: Any last words?
0: Final thoughts on The Green Mile, Dean?
1: Yeah, amazing film. Honestly, I've, I've you know, nitpicked, nit, like little nits off it. It is too long. I don't even think that's a hot take. It is a very long film. I don't think it needed to be over three hours. There are things that could have been cut. Having said that, you're not wrong either. The pacing of this film isn't bad. It, it does not feel like a 190-minute film. Uh, it's I think Hanks is good without being great in this. Like, he's... He's not the like he's a main character. He's not the star. Like Michael Clark Duncan just still Tom
0: Hanks it. is Tom Hanks.
1: You're saying that like he's Tom Hanks in every movie. He kind of is.
0: Uh I would disagree. I feel like he's not Tom Hanks in Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And I think everything else he's basically playing Tom Hanks in as as something else. No. Nah,
1: I think Tom Hanks is good.
0: Well, I didn't say he's not good.
1: No, I mean in general. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan's really, really good. Scores amazing. Direction's good. The set design, the the like the backup cast of characters, mm-hmm. all these subplots, they all do feel like they're believable subplots. I mean, believable is a stretch, but they all it's all it's tight. Like it's yep. it's all related to each other. It all ties into each other. It all pays off nicely. Problem with this film is you never want to watch it. You know, like I I had this ranked at four and a half stars in Letterbox. I'm dropping it to four. It's just not a rewatchable film, and that does hurt it. So there, yeah, four stars. What about you, Hendo?
0: Pretty much agree with everything you said, except for I didn't feel I didn't think it was. Uh, I don't think the length of this film really hindered my experience of this film. That I think the pacing of this film made that such a breeze to get through three over three hours. I don't have anything different to say of what you said. Tom Hanks is perfectly fine in this film. Michael Clark Duncan is absolutely fantastic in this film. The supporting cast are all very well fleshed out and memorable. From your Sam Rockwell's to your Barry Peppers and that
1: to your Percys, your Percys of course. Doug Hutchinson.
0: Yes, that's right. What a <laughs> what a sniveling like little shit of a villain. He's like Draco Malfoy grown up. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, uh, comparison. Very good. Score is absolutely outstanding in this film and really works well on those key emotional scenes. I know I mentioned it and you backed it up too, but the fact that you have this centered story going along with all these different plots that are going... Like, they're basically... You go out to these plots and you come back in and you keep going. They work well. Like, it all ties into each other really, really well. I'm keeping it at four and a half. I think this is a very strong film. I agree it's not a film I'm going to be going to rush out and see again, but that doesn't change the fact that this film, when I watch it, is... A very powerful film. So, four and a half.
1: Very good.
0: I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right,
1: Dean, where's it going to sit on your rankings? All right, I'm going to keep this really simple. This is my favorite four star film that we've done. So, currently, my top four star film is The Lives of Others at number 39. So, The Green Mile will be my new number 39.
0: All right, let's power through some of these four and a half star films. It is better than Logan. It's better than Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. It's better than It's a Wonderful Life. Better than Casino. It's better than Stand By Me. You just mentioned The Lives of Others. That's up next for me, and I think that this is better than that too. We hit Alien next, and I think that The Green Mile is better than Alien. Next is The Shining, and I think this is also better than The Shining. We go up to Hamilton Next. Hamilton. Thank you. The Green Mile is better than Hamilton. Are you out of your goddamn mind? (laughs) And then we hit number 37 with the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think that is where it is going to stop. So, The Green Mile for me is my new number 38. Wow,
1: that's remarkably similar for someone who frothed over this the
0: way you did. Well, I have a lot more higher rated films than you because I appreciate films more. Yes, you're definitely more generous
1: with your star ratings. This is true. I
0: love movies. What do you want me to do? All right, before we go on, we'd just like to say that this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for over two and a half years now. Absolutely incredible bunch of people. What else can you say about them, Dean?
1: They're so great, and I love when they pick great movies for us, like uh, Chris's Wife. Yes, thank you very much, Chris's Wife. Thanks so much, Chris's Wife.
0: We do have a patron-only podcast that we do once a week, where we talk about other movies that aren't on the top 250, but this week coming up, we're not talking about a new movie because, as you all know, we are doing our top 10 films of 2020 for the main show, and the patrons are getting the full-fledged rankings of every 2020 film we've seen, from the bottom all the way up.
1: Yes, they are. And obviously, I have not seen as many as Hendo,
0: as always. As always. Yes. Yes. yes, This is true. But you've still got enough films that you can chat about. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So, if that sounds like something you're interested in, we do have many tier levels from as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to Patreon.com/slash The Movie Journey.
2: Hello, listeners. I want to talk to you for one second, real quick, about the Golden Pea Movie Awards, referred to lovingly as the Golden Peas. Every year, I take the opportunity to celebrate the year in film, and 2020 is no different. Please head over to TwoPeasOnAPod.com slash golden peas and find all of the nominees as well as links to a ballot that you can use to vote voting is open from january 29th until march 1st of 2021 we feature all of the main categories that you will find at shows like the golden globes and the oscars but we pull the film and twitter and podcast community to get those nominees and as you know they are chosen by you so please cast a ballot Head over. Once again, it's twopeasonapod.com slash golden peas. We love movies, and we love celebrating movies, and we hope you come to the party this year.
0: All right, Matt, let's get to... We may still have mail.
2: Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And
0: this could be it. Oh... Where we read out the reviews that our patrons give for the films that we watch. First one from Rob Manafield I love The Green Mile so much. It's a wonderful film with phenomenal performances across the board. Tom Hanks is great as always, but the real star of this film is Michael Clark Duncan. Don't at me, but for my money, his is the greatest supporting role performance of all time. The film is brutal.
1: No, that was David Morse.
0: <laughs> well done. Dale's execution is truly rough to watch, but beautiful and it makes me cry every time. The score is amazing as well, especially during the final execution scene. It's not a film I can watch very often because of the tough subject matter and the lengthy run time, but whenever I do, I get swept away in it. One of my top 10 favorite films ever. Five stars.
1: Wow. High praise. Very high. Next up from Jay, this is one of those movies that if it's on, I will sit and watch it till the end and most likely start it again. Wow. Jesus. Brilliant performances all round. It makes you laugh, cry and ponder life. Best and worst of humanity.
0: There we go. Mr. Hayden Girl off says, Hanks is good. Clark Duncan is good. Everyone is good. When I saw this for the first time, I was probably 10. Dale's execution gave me nightmares. Four stars. Yeah, don't watch this film when you're 10. Please don't. And lastly, from the man himself. Chris's wife. Chris's wife.
1: <laughs> uh, impeccable direction and a perfect cast come together to create one of my all-time favourite films. In a dream world, we'd get a new Frank Darabont film every three years. It's a damn shame he hasn't made a film since 2007. Michael Clark Duncan gives a performance of a lifetime in John Coffey. Even though I've seen this film 20 plus times, wow. I will still ugly cry through his execution every time. Before I wrap up, just Want to spotlight Thomas Newman's fantastic score, mm-hmm. it truly elevates the film. I know I'm likely in the minority, but I rate the Green Mile over Sure Shank. Wow, are you sure? Shank, Chris's wife, five
0: stars. Do you think her name's Shank? Hmm, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But of course, we've got Shame.
2: Shame.
3: you know. I'm trying to think of some controversial opinion, some edgy spin on this movie. It's kind of difficult. I haven't run into anyone who hates this movie, nor have I run into anyone who loves it to death. As In fact, as far as I know, everyone pretty much feels the same way about The Green Mile. It's it's a great movie, but um, not as good as Shawshank Redemption. Of course, it doesn't have to be, and the movie's different enough that it isn't just a copycat. The characters feel more zoomed in on in this movie, whereas Shawshank had more to say about prisoners as a collective. I haven't read the book series, but I feel it probably gave gave more detail about the lesser explored characters in the film, notably Hanks' guard buddies, who, while portrayed convincingly, don't really have separate arcs. Sam Rockwell in this is hilarious, which is kind of messed up considering certain revelations about his character. Percy as well is, of course, a standout. I feel like after they both get taken out, the film drops in the last half hour, that's when you really begin to feel that three-hour runtime. I'm sure they could definitely expand this into maybe a TV series if they're not already planning to do so. Um, there's a lot of material there. Another thing I wasn't overly thrilled about... Was there's a bit of sappiness to this film. It feels a bit overly sentimental, and I didn't care for some of the uh, religious stuff in places. Overall, though, it's a great character study with an interesting setting and plot to go with. Four and a half stars.
0: Very good, Shane. Interesting, interesting review there, Shane. Interesting takes.
3: Yeah. All right, mate. Let's get to. Answer my question. The question, jerk.
0: Where we asked our Facebook listener discussion group and our patrons what their favorite Tom Hanks film was. We also asked them what their worst Tom Hanks film was. And this comes courtesy of Mr. Chris Beardsell as well. So thank you very much for this very interesting topic, Chris.
1: All right, first up from Heffa. Favorite is castaway slash Saving Private Ryan. Can't split. The worst is the terminal.
0: I haven't seen the terminal. It's not not good. No, I remember you telling me about it that it's was your terrible. Stupid
1: accent. Really? Worse than stupid accents that aren't real, just that are put on.
0: We should do that one day. Top five worst put on accents. Hmm. All right. Brother Shane says, big. Worst one that you seen, The Terminal. <laughs>
1: Next up from Hayden Gerloff. Saving Private Ryan is the best for me. Worst is The Post. Yeah, The
0: Post isn't good either. Post, I feel like I overrated that at three stars. Ooh. Yeah. yeah go I'm watch not that go, again. I'm not going to go watch that again to lower it. <laughs> Rob Manifield says, best is Captain Phillips, which I still need to watch. Worst is the Polar Express. Mm, Talon
1: Crichton says, best is Castaway or the Green Mile. Worst is Cloud Atlas.
0: Cloud Atlas. I think I've seen like the first half an hour of that. Yeah, me too. I saw the start and turned off. Yeah, I was like, what is going on here? Mind you, I was probably like 15 at the time. Jay says, the best is Toy Story 3. And the worst is the Polar Express.
1: Mm, I have not seen the Polar Express. Me neither. Uh, David Powell says, Best performance is probably Road to Perdition, but I'm picking Cloud Atlas as my best simply Damn. for the fact that he plays six characters and they're all different and it's an awesome movie. The worst, Man
0: with One Red Shoe. is pretty bad. I haven't even heard of that. Me neither. I wonder if he finds his other shoe. The man of the hour, Chris Beardsall, obviously says the best is The Green Mile and the worst is The Circle. I never watched that.
1: Nah, I'm not going to. Nah. Uh, Lauren Louise Scott says, The best is Turner and Hooch. And the worst is Road to Perdition.
0: (sighs) Interesting. There's a rough, rough worst film there, Lauren. (laughs) Speaking of rough, The Rough House Podcast says, Favourite is Catch Me If You Can, and the worst is Polar Express. Everyone jumping on this uh, Polar Express bandwagon. Didn't really hear any bad things about it. Calm down, guys.
1: Mm. Uh, Scott Murphy says, The best is Apollo 13, and the worst is... The Circle, or The Da Vinci Code, both of which I think he is unconvincing in and bored me to tears. Oh, that's
0: right. He was in The Da Vinci Code. And yeah, he was. A- I think
1: he had a small part demons. in Da Vinci Code. Yeah. yeah, a
0: little small part. I'm pretty sure that's his giant mug on the poster. Robert
1: Whitelaw says, for me, the best is Castaway, but quick special mention for best supporting role in a motion picture in Wilson, The Ball, not best, Da Vinci Code.
0: Okay. So, I think we need to steer clear of Polar Express and Da Vinci Code.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lastly here, from Sam Hurley, Best Saving Private Ryan, Worst
0: Bonfire of the Vanities. Fair enough. Alright, thank you very much everyone for putting in a response. We're going to get to our top five Tom Hanks films. And as usual, Dean, we'll start it with you. What is your number five? Alright, my number five is Philadelphia. Just missed my list, unfortunately. My number five is today's breakdown, The Green Mile.
1: Mm, Just missed my list, unfortunately. Number four, Toy Story. And spoiler alert, I'm only putting one Toy Story on here.
0: Yeah, I have done the same. I basically yeah. put them... Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure only one of them will make my list anyway, but it, you sort of put yeah, them probably. Together. Yeah, probably. But Toy Story. Yeah. Number four, Forrest Gump. I thought you hated Forrest Gump. No, you hate. Forrest Gump. Oh, no, that was me. Yeah. The one with the
1: good taste in films.
3: Uh, oh, my so. number
0: three, Sleepless in Seattle. I haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, you wouldn't like it. My number three is Road to Perdition. Hmm, I need to rewatch that.
1: Uh, my number two, Big...
0: Big, good film. Great, great film. film. This is where I put Toy Story number two.
1: Okay, and obviously we both have Saving Private Ryan as number one. Of course. Interesting.
0: All right, but we still have DVD. Challenge accepted. Challenge. Where we drafted Tom Hanks films. Obviously, Dean, it was your time to go first. What a time to go first, eh?
1: Yeah, it was great. uh It was always going to be Saving Private Ryan for me
0: first here, and it was always basically handing you the win. I mean, probably. Yeah. yeah, I did go next, and I had Toy Story and Forrest Gump. Yeah, and I knew whatever Toy Story you didn't
1: take, be it one or three, because you wouldn't take two or four. I knew I was taking the other one to offset the Toy Story lover, and I, I think that was a very good idea. Because had I picked something like a
0: Castaway, Green Mile, Nah, Philadelphia,
1: Nah, I think, Big? Nah, I think I think you would have uh, taken a lot of votes with Toy Story.
0: Well, you only needed 5% on your second pick to win in the end because yeah, so but Private Ryan wins 45%. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Forrest Gump takes second with 25 and Toy Story and Toy Story 3 tie with 15%. So you do win this one. So well done. It's one round for you in this pick of movies. So we've still got a lot of uh, drafts to go here, but you've taken the lead in this one. So well done, mate. So it's 1-0. At the moment, yes. Yeah. So what's next? All right, no new movie breakdown next week. It is going to be our top 10 films of 2020. We've still got a week left. I'm going to try and cram in as many movies as possible this week. There are, I think there is four films I really want to watch before we get to the list. So hopefully I get to those. Dean, do you have any movies you're going to be watching? You're just going to wing it? No, nah, I don't think I'll
1: watch anymore. I think, I think I've got a good grasp of 2020.
0: I don't think you've got any grasp I've at all. I've never been
1: so unexcited for a year of film than I was in 2020.
0: I mean, 2021 could easily be the same as 2020. Everything could just get pushed back again, and you're going to have to do what we did this year and rely on streaming services.
1: Yeah. Yep. That'll be fine.
0: <laughs> all right so thank you very much everyone for checking out this episode and we will see you next week for our top 10 films of 2020
1: bye